You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. This is Gaia Lamperti, and I'm here with Samantha Bamert, founder and CEO of Ask Inclusive Finance, a micro lending company. Hi, Samantha, and thank you for joining us today. Well, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's our pleasure. So today is quite a special day because it marks Women's Equality Day in the US, an annual celebration, which offers us an amazing opportunity to reflect on the progress financial services are making to become more accessible to all and women in particular. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to do. And especially, it is well known that things are not easy for female entrepreneurs in this space yet. But today, I actually have the opportunity to speak with a successful female entrepreneur. So, Samantha, I would love to start by asking you about your journey. What were the up and downs of it and how the idea for Ask Inclusive Finance came about? So I worked for a a large bank in the UK for almost 20 years and I saw lots of things, lots of things that I thought were great and lots of things that I thought could be done better. In 2014, I was looking around, saw that there was a huge amount of innovation going on across the fintech space. So I um, left where I was working and decided to branch out and see what I could do to make some changes um, and create some differences. At that time, I got pulled into um, advising the Archbishop of Canterbury's task group for responsible credit and savings, um, which had been born out of the, uh, there was a scandal in the UK caused by very high cost lending being undertaken by Wonga. And the Archbishop of Canterbury at the time was being very vocal about the need for more responsible approach to lending. Um, So I started advising the task group and I very quickly realised that there was a substantial funding gap for small businesses. Um, we looked at the reasons for the funding gap, and it seemed very clear to me that there were, you know, a number of issues that needed to be tackled. I spoke to quite a number of companies at the time, um, suggesting ways that they could increase their footprint, increase their inclusion, increase their coverage of the small business market. And pretty much across the board, every organization I spoke to, Uh, And some of these were very, very large lenders and very large and successful um, banks. Others were smaller fintechs and startups. But across the board, everyone was like, we're going to do the things our way, our way. And that's that's it. And so I turned around and said, well, there's clearly a need. There's clearly an opportunity. Let's see if we can do it ourselves. And that was really the genesis of Ask If was born out of um, the huge impact that I could see would be. Um, resulting from opening up funding and support, I should say, to small businesses to enable them to grow, Um, but also the fact that there seemed to be very little demand from many other organisations to really tackle the challenges that we could see. Fantastic. Samantha, you anticipated a question that I was going to ask you, um, which is how is inclusive finance or ask if Um, aiming to sort of reshuffle um, the cards in the lending and micro-lending sector. Um, Because as you said, it sounds like it's not simply offering financial aid, but it's also about offering support and ensuring that borrowers of different communities and from different backgrounds are able to access that capital. And maybe what are some of the tools, especially the, the tech tools that you use to assess your credit decisions? So one of the things that we found is that when you're looking at creating access, you have to really 
look at why it is that so many small businesses aren't able to access or don't choose to access funding. Um, and, and they would, in many cases, prefer to either borrow on you know, personal credit cards or to just not borrow at all and forego growth as a result. And what we found when we started um, really delving into the research on this is that an awful lot of small business um, owners feel very disenfranchised from mainstream lenders. Um, they may have had a bad experience with their bank. They may feel overwhelmed by a purely online process. They may not feel sufficiently empowered with information about what is involved in taking a loan, um, that they don't have that confidence to go through a purely online you know, application process to, to secure funding. And so what we've done is if we've created quite a unique business model, um, which combines three different things. First of all, as you rightly point out, a big part of what we're doing is about um, accessing very, very comprehensive data, because the more information we have and the more lenses through which we're able to look at businesses that, that come to us, we can um, better understand them. And a big part of that has been a partnership that we've um, entered into with Provenir, who are supplying um, API orchestration across 11 different data sources and are also supplying us with a decisioning engine into which we've configured over 150 rules, three different credit models. Um, behavioral science is a big part of what we do as well. So understanding the behavioral profile of the individuals that we're dealing with so we can understand whether they are confident and uh, about their um, business financials, for example, or whether they lack um, and would benefit from some, some support and additional training or or you know webinars or, or whatever it might be to help them better understand uh, the financial status of their business. So the partnership with Provenir and the data has been a really, really important part for us because what that does is it allows us to extend um, our footprint to make decisions on the boundaries, which perhaps might be um, declined by others. But it also means that we can make very quick decisions. You know, the worst thing you can have is leaving an applicant that perhaps does lack confidence hanging in the wind, waiting to see what the outcome might be. It's really important that we can we can work with them very quickly to help explain what's going on. Um, I said there are three things. The second thing for us is the behavioral science element of what we're doing. So with small businesses in particular, um, it's really, really important to understand not just the data underpinning the business, but what that data means and can be construed as in the context of the directors of the business. For small businesses, more than anything else, um, they are the success of the business is very strongly correlated with who your directors are that you're dealing with. Things like their, you know, their um, resilience, uh, their honesty their ability to um uh to you know be conscientious in the way that they're managing their their finances so for us to run a behavioral profile using a set of um questions that we've developed in partnership with an organization called Oxford Risk who are a leading behavioral finance firm and we've developed something very specifically for uh, small business lending um, and directors, most of what they do is for other segments of the market. And uh, we're, we're really, really excited about what additional visibility that gives us um, and the ability to then make, make much better decisions um, and much more inclusive decisions for our small businesses. The third thing, and I said there were three, um, and then I will stop talking. Uh, the third thing is perhaps the most relevant to this, this issue of disenfranchisation. So it's it's about data playback. So it's all very well us collecting data, um, but actually we need to create a connection and a partnership with our borrowers, our applicants, so that they also understand what's going on, whether the application is a positive one 
or whether it's a negative one. It's about sharing the information back with them so that they understand why we've made the decision that we have. And in the case of a decline, it tells them what they can change or adapt to make a successful application um, somewhat later. And we've seen great success with that in our existing portfolio. We've seen customers go away and then come back to us several months later saying, well, you know, that point that you made to me, it's now fixed and we've gone on to lend to them very successfully. It creates that hugely powerful um, partnership between us and them. The other thing that we do that we think is incredibly important, and it's 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 driven by not just the technology and that and that data visibility, but also combining within it um, a very powerful um, hybrid model of tech and human engagement. So we reach out to our customers after we've lent to them. We use the data we've collected. We use the data we're continuing to collect. And we present that back to our customers and say, how, how are things going? This is what we're seeing. And we've had incredible response to this approach, partly because it's really empowering for the businesses, partly because it creates an incredibly strong bond between us and our borrowers. Um, but most importantly, because it improves the outcomes for everybody. It's a win-win. Um, so it's that data empowerment, but not just for us, it's it's for other people and being able to, you know, for our borrowers and being able to um, engage with our borrowers around what we're doing and what we are, um, what we're seeing so that they're better empowered to know whether a loan is right for their business is really important. Yeah. And, and look, I think it's a really good point to make. There's a lot of research that's been done recently showing that hugely disparate um, that difference between the experience that often male-led teams have relative to female-led teams. And in my opinion, that's a travesty. Um, I read a very interesting article, I think it was yesterday, talking about um, actually the fact that, you know, women-led businesses, those that do achieve funding, often actually achieve, you know, greater financial success than, than male-led businesses. Now, that could well be because the barrier is that much higher for female-led businesses, um, but but nonetheless, there is there is clearly a a loss of opportunity resulting from the lack of capital flowing into female-led businesses. From a debt perspective, um, there's a lot of research again that that tells us first of all that women are much less confident. Um, the, the Rose Review was undertaken in the UK. The Rose Review found several things that were really, really fascinating. Access to an, an awareness of funding is the number one issue faced by female entrepreneurs. But clearly, women typically have a higher risk awareness than men and are more, much more cautious about starting a business and much more cautious about taking any funding. I think perhaps the most interesting thing for me is the fact that women are less likely to believe they possess entrepreneurial skills. Only 39% of women are confident of their capabilities relative to 55% of men, despite there being no actual gap. It's a perceived gap, but not an actual gap. Now, this feeds through to everything that women are doing in the entrepreneurial space, because, and if we as a lender can address the confidence issue and that disenfranchisement, we can address that in an effective way by not only providing the data back, but but providing the data together with nudges that say, you are on the right track, you are doing the right thing. Look, this is why we've made a positive decision. This is why we think the loan is affordable for you and for your business. This is, you know, this is why we've made, because we want to empower them to make the right decision. We, we will learn the more lending that we do, 
the more we will learn. And that feedback loop we have at the back end of our process where we continually engage with our borrowers is another part of that because that feeds then back into what we can deliver by, by way of tools and support to ensure that we're addressing some of the challenges that many of our entrepreneurs face, women and men, across all ethnicities, I should say. But yes, there are definite challenges for women that, well, I'm very aware of being a woman, of course, but 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 we see very much um, in a live environment um, with some of the businesses that we lend to. I should say that, you know, the success of our engagement model and the way that we do things um, is already um, yielding benefits to us. In the UK, about 15% of businesses are run by women uh, teams. In our first portfolio that we launched, 22% were run by women. So we're already punching above our weight in terms of the you know, the relative stats in the UK market. Um, but of course, there's a lot more that we want to do. We're still a small company and there's still a lot more that we need to, to show and prove on a much larger scale. Sure. Uh, thank you, Samantha. And it's really great to hear that the industry is sort of like taking on that responsibility and then really wants to show some support to all the applicants. To conclude, I would love to ask you that the name of the company is Ask Inclusive Finance. So how would a truly inclusive financial system look to you? And what are some of your biggest hopes, especially on the occasion of Women's Equality Day for the future of this vertical and to make sure that lending becomes a more inclusive and accessible process? So what's what's my view for the future, my hope for the future? Look, I think that the way that we are trying to build to do things should become a much, much bigger offering in the UK. One of the reasons I left mainstream banking is because I could see that there were certain segments of the economy that, that were not being served optimally by some of the processes that you know, legacy processes that that do exist. I do think there's a different way of doing things. And at Ask If, what we're trying to do is to engender that really new and different and much more inclusive way of delivering funding and support to achieve the best outcomes for our clients, our borrowers, and ultimately to deliver the best outcomes to the economies that those clients are sitting within as well. You know, if we can, if we can help those businesses grow you know, recruit, survive, thrive, then we've achieved a huge impact for not only those businesses, but the individuals that work in the businesses, their families, their communities. It's it's a phenomenal thing. That's what gets me up every day. And if we can do that at much greater scale, I'd love, I'd love for us to get to a point where, you know, the big banks, we're large enough as an organization that the big banks go, Actually, maybe we should rethink some of the way we do things because there is a different way. Absolutely. And that's a great aspiration. Thank you very much. This was Samantha Bamert, the founder and CEO of Ask Inclusive Finance. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Gaia. Lovely to speak to you.